morning, everyone. I'll tell you what, it is a beautiful day today. I have lots of announcements, so why don't we go ahead and get started with those. Uh, today, we're having and celebrating Mother's Day, and uh, my son said it was a, uh, what would you call it? A, uh, a Walmart holiday. Well, you know, it should... <laughs> oh, a Walmart. No, Hallmark. Hallmark. Wow. <laughs> Welcome to the Pleasantville Church of Christ. <laughs> wow. Anyway, so let's get to the announcements before I make any more mistakes. So, welcome to our Mother's Day uh, assembly. And uh, Ladies Coast Weekend's coming up on the 20th through the 22nd. So please talk with Melissa Parks if you're willing and interested in going. Uh, our uh, family fellowship dinner on Wednesday night is coming up on May 19th. Uh, Memorial Day weekend, obviously, is coming up, and we have the tradition of having the Kirkpatricks open up their home so that we can go and, I was going to say wreck it, but we won't do that this time. It's a new home, so, yeah. So, anyway, it looks like we're going to have a barbecue, bring your favorite side dish. Uh, Sunday, May 30th at 4.30 p.m. would be a great time for all. So, that reminds me, I'm assuming that we'll have uh, assembly there in the evening, so, Kirk, are we having assembly here tonight? Uh, okay, assembly here tonight. There we go. Also, too, Monday night, tomorrow night, we're having our young uh, college-age young people's group. Uh, Wednesday evening is at Tamara's place, and uh, Thursday night, ladies' uh, um, study. And it's Angie's birthday, uh, what, two days ago? Sorry, I missed it last week. That's terrible. So, anyway, anybody else got a birthday coming up or that I might have missed? Okay, I have an announcement. Okay. Okay, sounds great. Excellent. So if you haven't signed up, please feel free to uh, join the ladies in the back after assembly. And, uh, uh, and that's where the, the clipboard will be. And let's see, anything else before we sing happy birthday to Angie? Anybody else got a birthday coming up this week? Have I missed a birthday? So your husband told on you, so that's why I know. So if anybody else wants to tell on anybody else, please let me know. It's okay to do that. coming up in December. Oh, yes, of course. There's a standing joke there. Desi used to tell me all the time, even when it was in July, that her birthday was coming up in December. So there you go. We're not singing you happy birthday today, though. Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. God bless you, sunshine. Happy birthday to you. All right. All right, here we go. These uh these uh notes of encouragement are pretty pretty funny, pretty cool. Awesome today. Melissa Park, so thankful for you and the ways you lead and serve and bless the ladies. Can I get an amen? Amen, I would agree. Sharon Compton, praising God for your example of being a great mom, watching you through the years, guiding the lives of your boys. Amen, all right, there you go. And uh, Mrs. Parks, thank you for doing uh, so much for so many. You are such an amazing person. Thanks for uh, live. Uh, thank you for using your talents to help others. That's that's excellent. 
Let's see. Pleasant Hill Church Body. Pleasant Hill Church Body. I'm really thankful to have a family that comes together with a common goal and works together to get it done. Special thanks to those who came out yesterday to help. And I like to say I signed that, but the print is too nice. So that's definitely not me. Somebody else is thinking the same thing as I was. Uh, Celine, you are a PowerPoint technical advisor rock star. Celine, it's good to see you today. It's awesome. Uh, these are words to encourage you. Uh, thank you for doing a flawless performance and making the old preacher look good during the young men and young women's Bible class as he was failing to do the PowerPoint presentation. Very good. Celine, right over there. All right. I'll tell you what, I got super red in there because I couldn't get the PowerPoint thing to work. So Celine sitting right next to her goes, here, let me show you how to do it. <laughs> Thank goodness you showed up today. All right. Here we go. Uh, Emma, your smile is contagious. You have such a sweet servant's heart. Thank you for blessing me. And I can say that too. Dear Michael, Faith, Lars, Angie, Blake, Desi, Sharon, Jake, Logan, Julie, Penny, Luke, Tim, Josh, Henry, Audrey, Scott, Emma, Ken Weibert, and Ben and Holly Ewing for the amazing Bible garden outside and for the rest of you for cleaning up all the mess other than that wonderful Bible garden. Thank you very much. And we'll just keep that up here. All right. I don't know who wrote this. I don't know if it's appropriate to read it from up here, but since somebody did it, I am going to do it. You know who did this one, Jeff? You don't? Maybe it was your son. Julie D., praise God for you, Julie. Or I'm sorry, Julie D., praise God for Julie and her, her cunning chicken wrangling skills. Because of her, the Eugene Police Department was able to apprehend a rooster suspected of foul, F-O-W-L, play. Julie, the city of Eugene, thanks you for your great courage and for choosing to make our community a much safer place. This could set a bad precedence. Do you know who wrote this? Wow, okay, so there you go. All right. Now, some of you may think God doesn't have a sense of humor. I seriously think he does. And there's a whole host of reasons. Some of you are those reasons, as, as am I. So, let us begin. <laughs> Grab your Bibles, and let's turn to the book of Titus in chapter 2 this morning. Titus in chapter 2. Titus chapter 2, I want to read verse 3 uh, through verse 5. Verse 3 through verse 5. Older women likewise are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good so that they may encourage the younger women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands so that the word of God will not be dishonored. That's a powerful passage. And I want you to also turn with me, uh, if you would, to the book of Matthew chapter 19. And uh, we're going to jump right into the middle of a discussion that Jesus is having uh, with a rich young ruler. And uh, the rich young ruler asked Jesus, uh, what must I do 
uh, to uh, inherit the kingdom of God. And let's listen to uh, his response. Matthew chapter 19. And I'm just going to take uh, verse 19 out. It's from the law of Moses. It says, Honor your father and mother. Uh, you shall love your neighbor uh, as yourself. Let's pray. Lord, we're thankful for the rich blessing of having your word. We're thankful, dear Heavenly Father, for the amazing design that you have created uh, in the family. Oh, Father, from the very beginning, you had the, the family of God in your mind and in your heart, your son, of course, being the husband, uh, the church, of course, being the bride, and all Christians being your children. We're thankful, dear Heavenly Father, for this great design. And, and Father, today, uh, we want to look at the scriptures in regards to the power and the influence that mothers have in this world. And to Father, honestly, the, the, the woman who is that godly mother has a profound impact on the hearts of her children, but not just her children, but for all those uh, who would come and enjoy and uh, witness uh, the rich blessing of the, the example of Christ and, of course, his bride, the church, uh, in the home. Father, I pray this morning that you would help us to see the power and influence that that wives, mothers particularly have in regards to changing the world. We ask this in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. The power, the power of the hand that rocks the cradle is a part of the title of a poem. And I brought the poem in today and I made copies of it. So if you would like to grab a copy as you go, I would really encourage you to do that. Now, I'd heard the statement that the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. I'd heard that before, but I did not know where it came from. And so that kept coming to mind in regards to the lesson this morning, the power of a godly woman to influence not just her children, but her family and other families as the godly older woman would influence families. And then, of course, those wives, uh, those mothers would have a powerful influence in changing the lives of their children, which then could carry on really into eternity. The influence of a godly mother can go even into eternity. But you know, sometimes we get sidetracked not realizing that truth. Because just as a godly mother can develop a strength of character in her children that uh, is not easily broken or, or uh, uh, sidetracked. So a mother who does not invest herself, who's all about the world, can actually set her children on a path of misery and uh, hopelessness. So it's a two-edged sword. The mother is designed by God to powerfully influence her children. And so I pray that you would listen to the scriptures, but also to this beautiful poem that was written back in the middle uh, 1700s. Blessings on the hand of women. Angels guard its strength and grace in the palace, cottage, hovel. Oh, no matter where the place. Would that never storms assailed it, rainbows ever gently curled. For the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. Infancy's the tender fountain. Power may, power may with beauty flow. 
Mothers first to guide the streamlets, from then souls unresting grow. Grow on for the good or evil, sunshine streamed or evil hurled, for the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. Women, how divine your mission. Here upon our natal sod, keep, O oh, keep the young heart open always to the breath of God. All true trophies of the ages are from the mother love impearled, for the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. Blessings on the hand of women, fathers, sons, and daughters cry, and the sacred song is mingled with the worship in the sky. Mingles where no tempest darkens, rainbows evermore are hurled, for the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. You may not agree with that poem, but I do. And if you really think about how influential your mother was in your life, whether for good or for ill, it's true. And you know, Father's Day is coming up and fathers have their important place as well. And they, as the mother, can either bring great prosperity and blessing to their children or great ill and deceit and destruction. It, it really is so critically important. We understand our role as, as men, our role as women in the family as mothers and fathers, is powerful in really changing the world because it's God's design. The mother and her responsibility is God's design. As for the man and the father. And we do not want to rebuff God's design. Rather, we want to embrace it. So we will give our children the very best opportunity to not only flourish in this world, but secure their soul for eternity with God. And so this morning, as we look at just a very few scriptures about the love of a mother and the love for a mother, we'd recognize this amazing relationship that if we live it according to God's will, God's word, it's richly blessed. Now, many of you know that there are really three dynamic relationships going on in marriage. The first dynamic relationship is the relationship between Christ and the individual man or woman. And then you see that there's a relationship, obviously, between the man and the woman, the husband to the wife, the father and the mother. But then there's a very dynamic and a very crucial, important relationship between the parents and their children. And so the one who rocks the cradle, the hand that rocks the cradle, can very well be the one who helps rule the world, either for Christ or for the powers of darkness. So let's jump in this morning and take a look at the love of a mom. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and you'll say, well, this isn't talking about a mom's love. Well, in a way it is. The Apostle Paul talks about how he loved the brethren there in Thessalonica, and he tries to illustrate it by saying, I loved you just like a mom would love her little children. And so in 1 Thessalonians in chapter 2, uh, take a look at 
at verse 7 and 8. The Apostle Paul speaking of his love for these brethren. He says here in verse 7, But we proved, we demonstrated to be gentle among you as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children, having so fond an affection for you. We were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you have become very dear to us. Now, there's some words in there that are very powerful that communicate what a mom is supposed to be for her kids. It says that you're supposed to train up your child in the ways until they are older. Now, how many of you believe in free will? How many believe in free will? Oh, come on, there's only three. How many believe in free will? Come on. Do you really believe in free will? You can do the very best job in raising your kids, but the devil can come knocking and they make a poor decision and all of a sudden the devil's got missile lock on them and drags them away. But if you don't train your kids up in the Lord, they don't have a moral warehouse. They don't have a standard from which to judge all things that are coming at them. And so what I'm sharing with you is that the power from the very beginning of nurturing that child to train means to touch the palate as with nursing from very very little to even until their last breath you're going to be their mom they're never not going to be your kids and so it's important for you to recognize from from cradle to grave you're their mom and you are called to a great position of influence in their lives. And I'm sorry if your mom wasn't that great influence, but that doesn't mean you can't choose to be that great influence because in Christ, all things can be made new. Notice it says here, the gentle. He says here in verse seven, but we prove to be gentle among you. I looked that word up and that word actually means to be warm and mild, uh, easy to talk to. There should be a relationship built where the kids can come to mom and say, Mom, I'm scared. Mom, I got a problem. Mom, can you help me out? Both sons and daughters, not just daughters. I love to watch my sons interact with my wife. You know, I always thought, well, you know, I'm a guy's going to raise his sons and turn them into these really amazing men. And yet, you know, what's really awesome is that Sharon has such an amazing way of sharing with them thoughts, challenging their thinking. And it's fun to watch them interact. Because you know what? When they got some very serious problems, it's not that I'm always out on Bible studies, although that's a lot of the time, but they'll talk with mom. And I love it because Sharon and I are allied in our work. If she says something, it's because that's where we have decided to go with our family. And so it's powerful. And so they'll come to her because they know they can talk with her. They can be open about almost anything. Now, when sometimes they get themselves into a big pickle and they need dad to kind of back them up, then they ask dad. And I'm okay with that too. Okay. But uh, the tender care there, I love this statement here in verse seven. But we proved to be gentle among you as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. The word tender care means to nurture and raise with tender care. 
to, to nurture. That means to draw that individual personality out, the power of that individual person tenderly. And it's really awesome. And, and all of you who are parents of multiple children know that every one of your children have a complete different personality. What you do with the first child may or may not work with the next child. And, or the third, or the fourth, or however many. It doesn't work that way. But the perceptive mom will work with each individual child to bless them and to nurture them so that they might use their strengths, talents, and abilities to be a blessing not only to her and to the family, but to be a blessing to this culture and to the Lord's kingdom. So this is a powerful scripture. And then finally, take a look at verse 8. Paul is making a statement about moms here in verse 8. He says, having so fond an affection for you. That is that, that loving, close uh, relationship that where you can talk almost as friends. He says here in verse 8, and I'm not saying that parents should be their kids' friends, but there should be that like in the relationship, enjoy being together. Having so fond an affection for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel, but also our own lives, because you had become very near and dear to us. There is a sacrificial investment as a mom. I've seen it over and over and over again in so many of the good women in this congregation, that sacrificial investment in their marriage, in their children, and it's powerful. It changes the world for their children, for their husband, and for the community, and ultimately for the church of the living God and the salvation of others. This one little verse. Now, I want to go to Titus. We just read that just a minute ago. Titus is profound, and I would encourage you ladies to go back and carefully study Titus in chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. The older women are to teach the younger women because they, they, they know and understand and have worked through all sorts of challenges. So the godly older woman is really the, the power, power player in regards to helping women be great moms. It says in verse 4, the older women are to teach the young women so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, so that the word of God will not be dishonored. And so I want to go back and look at that word love. You know, I, I used to think, well, love is love. You know, you sacrifice yourself for the good of others. That's not what this word means. Look it up. Get your strong concordance out. Look it up. It means that you, you have a, a liking, liking, like I like my husband, like I like my kids. Have you ever heard this statement before? Well, I love my husband, but I don't like him very much. Well, guess what? They just, they just went counter to what God has called the wives and the moms to do. You're saying, well, you don't know my husband. You don't know my kids. I don't. But you do, and God knows you. And God knows that you can like particular things about your kids or your husband. Now, I have to be the first one to tell you that sometimes my boys have driven me crazy. They'll be the first ones to tell you that they enjoyed it. <laughs> actually, they'll probably be the first ones to say, well, Dad's actually the one that drove us to be crazy to drive him crazy. And that's probably how it really went. But the reality is this, 
is that there is power in this kind of relationship of enjoying being together. And you know, if you get to know a person and their strengths and their talents, you can really appreciate those. And really, that's what it's talking about here. And we're going to take a look at that a little bit more later. But you know what? There is an ex- uh, two other things I'd like you to write down there. Even though it's not verbatim said, there's sacrifice in a mom's life. In verse um, 5, to be sensible, prudent. To be prudent means you need to sacrifice your immediately immediate desires for planning ahead, thinking through to provide for your, your children. So that, that being sensible, pure, putting off those things of the desires of the flesh so that you're living a standard by which your children can see what purity actually looks like. Remember what the scripture says? It's the same word here, by the way, where it says all those who have this hope fixed on him, fixed on the return of Jesus, purifies themselves just as he is pure. Where are they going to see what a pure life looks like? They can see it from cradle to grave in their mom if you take the responsibility to fulfill the scripture call here for moms. Purity. Workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands. Oh, by the way, not only are they sacrificial, but you know what? A great mom is an incredible example. Because as a great mom honors her husband, the kids see what a good wife is to be. Little girls see what they are to be. Little boys see what they desire, should desire in a wife. A great example a mom is providing really the picture of who you should desire to marry as a, a man or who you should desire to be as a woman. Moms have an important responsibility in building a person into a great woman so that she can be a great wife and a great mom. And then finally, I want to encourage moms to do a little tough love for the ones that are little. Please don't do tough love on your teenagers. It doesn't work very well. Uh, If you haven't finished disciplining them to the point of obedience uh, by the age of maybe 11 or 12. Please don't take him to the woodshed. It isn't going to work. It'll backfire on you. Turn with me to the book of Proverbs, chapter 13 and verse 24. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 24. He who withholds his rod hates his son, and he who loves him disciplines him diligently. He who withholds Holds the rod, hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him diligently. Now, there were many times when I wasn't home, and it's important that you give immediate reward for your children when they do something great. And it's also important when they're little that you give them immediate consequence for their behavior as well. And so to wait till dad gets home, that's a cop out. Wait till your dad gets home. Great. That was what was said to me. And so I absolutely melted all day long. And then dad got home, and he had a rough day at work usually. And then wait till your dad gets home, he unloaded. He didn't even know what he was unloading on our little behinds about. 
He was not able to teach us the right way to live. He was not able to, to mentor us in a godly man lives this way, son, not this way. Sharon did an excellent job because we are of one accord in regards to what the expectation of a godly man looked like. And so she would call our sons to that. And I'm so thankful for that. And if you want to look at a couple other Proverbs, these are phenomenal. Proverbs 1.8 and Proverbs 29.15. In fact, let's turn to Proverbs 29.15. We're right there. Let's just uh, jaunt right over to Proverbs 29 and, and 15. This does have to do with moms here. Um, Proverbs chapter 29 and, and verse 15. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child who gets his own way brings shame to his mother. Let me read that again. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but children who, who gets their own way, the, but the child who gets his own way brings shame to his mother. And so a child left to themselves is that child you see in Albertsons that is screaming and yelling at their mom to give them something or hitting their mom. That's way, way on the wrong side of raising up a child. Where do they learn that? The father and the mother, the, the dad and the mom are the first governors, the Bible says, the first governors for children to teach them understanding authority relationships. You know, when a police officer comes up, I keep my hands on the steering wheel especially nowadays. There's nothing wrong with that. Why? Because my mom and dad said, you do something wrong, you get slaughtered, you get a punishment. You do something right, you get rewarded. My hands are on the steering wheel. By the way, I quickly get out my, my wallet and I open it up and I got this all ready to go. Why? That's respectful. They have a position of authority. That's why it says, children, Obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, for this is the first commandment with a promise, that it may be well with you, and that you'll grow old. Some of those ding-dongs that, well, I don't have to listen to you, I don't have to listen to you, and they start grabbing for their cell phone. Wait a minute, that's not what the directive was. They don't live long on the earth. You see, you need to recognize and understand, moms, you have a great responsibility to raise a very powerful person living within the context of a whole host, of, whole host of authority relationships. And so Proverbs, please discipline your children. When they're older, you need to really live the example and mentor and coach them and ever be available when they need to talk and not rebuff them. I don't have time. They're the most important person in your life other than your husband. So important. Now let's look at what us kids need to be for our parents. Turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 10. Matthew 10 and verse 37. Matthew 10, love your mom. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 37. He who loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Well, preacher, I thought you just said to love your mom. And that says not to love your mom. No, it doesn't. 
It doesn't say not to love your mom. What does it say? Love the Lord Jesus Christ more than your mom or dad. That actually says you're supposed to love your mom. If you're supposed to love Jesus more than your mom, you're supposed to love your mom. And that word love by there means as you lay your selfish life aside to come under her lordship, her authority, her governorship, and you do what she asks you to do with a good attitude. That's what it actually means when you're in the context of the home. Now, when you're out of the home, you can do whatever you want to do, but be careful because you're still under authority, under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you still, as a child, need to honor your mom and your dad. How do you honor your mom and your dad? Let's take a look. Matthew chapter 19. Matthew 19. Matthew chapter 19 and, and verse 19. We looked at this one before. And you know that it's, it's in, the, in Deuteronomy in uh, to love uh, your father and mother. Honor your father and mother and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's a part of the law. Now, I want you to think about this for just a minute. Honor your father and mother. What does honor look like? What does honor look like? Honor looks like, well, respect, right? Actually, I looked that word up. Honor actually means to prize, to value, to appreciate your mom. To prize, to to uh, value, and to appreciate your mom. Now just think about how many stinking rotten diapers you produced and your mom dealt with that. Now just think about how many dumb things you ever did when you got in your teen years and your mom had to deal with that. And how many things are going to be in your future where you make a bonehead decision and guess who's going to hurt the most? You moms know, don't you? Because women are designed for the most part to be emotional, intuitive, engaged, very engaged, and they don't forget things. And so they've raised up a godly offspring and that godly offspring does a bonehead thing and they grieve because of that. You know what? This says honor your mom. How do you honor your mom? Don't cause her grief. Value her. Appreciate her. Esteem her, prize her, cherish her. You're saying, well, you don't know my mom. Well, you know, some moms don't have it figured out. And that's sad. But I'm talking about godly moms who are really trying to make the grade. By the way, can I make a suggestion here? Remember I asked you to raise your hand. How many of you believe in free will? And a whole bunch of you did. Some of you go, I think it's a preacher trick. It wasn't a preacher trick. Okay? We have free will. But how many of you know that we're all striving to grow in Christ's likeness? Now, did you catch the statement there? We're all, or we should be, striving to grow in Christ's likeness. But I don't know anybody who's walked perfectly in the footsteps of Jesus every day and every decision. So your mom is going to make a mistake. Or two, you give her grace. Because how much grace has she given you? As adult children, you should give your parents grace. 
because of all the grace that she has and will give to you. That's important. So as you're a, an offspring raised in the house of a godly woman, well, she was so strict. Great. She was not very loving. You weren't watching. You weren't watching. Because how many of you know kids and teenagers especially are, are all about who? Me. That's how that works, you know. So it's important for you to recognize and understand you value your moms. You esteem your moms. The word love there actually is the word agape and it means to sacrifice. It says love your neighbor as yourself. Who's your closest neighbor growing up, kids? Dad's off to work. Where's mom? Changing your diaper. Dad's off to work. Where are you? She's helping you with your homework. Dad's off to work. Where are you? Mom is helping you all the way through. Who's your closest neighbor? And by the way, might I ask, who's the neighbor that's closest to you in regards to heartstrings? I mean, I love my boys. I do. But I don't. I don't grieve over them like Sharon does. So you've got to know that your mom is your closest neighbor. And it says, love your neighbor. And that means you, you sacrifice yourself. Well, mom, did you wash my clothes? Are you kidding me? Go wash them. Mom, what are we having for dinner? Why don't you go help her cook it? Why don't you wash the dishes afterwards? Why don't you do the yard work that she doesn't have time to do because she's doing whatever that she needs to do to be a mom and a wife? It's important for you to recognize and understand, brethren, that just because, you know, you grow up doesn't mean it's over. What does John 13, verse 34 through 35 say? Love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, love one another even as I have loved you. We need to love our moms like Christ loves you. Now, I want to close with this thought, and this is a very important thought. Turn, turn with me to the Gospel of John in chapter 19. There's a beautiful picture of providing for your mom in your old age. Well, Jesus wasn't very old before he passed away. John chapter 19, verse 26. Pretty powerful passage when you think about it. Verse 26, Jesus is hanging on the cross in, in excruciating pain. And his mom is there, and there's a bunch of other women there, and he can see his mom, and he also sees John, the youngest disciple there. And notice what he says here in verse 27, or verse 26. He says, when Jesus then saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved, that's John, standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, are you ready? Behold your mother. From that hour, the disciple took her into his own household. Brethren, I don't know where Jesus' biological dad is. I don't know where Joseph is at. He doesn't seem to be in the picture at this point. And it doesn't seem like he's been in the picture for a while. But Mary has been in the picture the whole time. Here's his last, some of his last dying words. He points to John and says, John, this is your mom. What did John do? He took her into his home and he provided for her. Do you know the scripture says that when you're older, your mom and dad provided for you and your kid? 
And when your folks get older, guess who's supposed to provide for them? What does the Bible say? Hey, man, they got their retirement. I'm still trying to make mine. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's not what the Bible says. I want to close with this thought. When my mom and dad were passing, the Bible mandate was, and we're going to look at a couple scriptures that I need to provide for them, and so do my brother and sister. One of my brothers, you know, passed away. And so we collectively came together and we worked diligently to make sure that my mom and dad were provided for the way they wanted to be provided for. They wanted to stay in their home. That made it a little bit more complex for us, but that's okay because they had done so much for us when we were little. We're going to make sure that we granted their wishes uh, in, their, in their old age. And so they both died at home. My mom passed away first. She passed very quickly. And I wasn't able to get there in time. It was about a week. They, she went from not feeling very well to going to the doctor. She's got brain cancer and she was dead before I could get up there. But we had everything set up for mom and dad. So whoever went first, the finances would shift around. And so I was going up there after my mom passed twice a month and spending a weekend up there. And some of you probably remember me doing that. I did that because I was the executor. I made that commitment and I enjoyed it because I knew I was serving the Lord faithfully. Brother, and that's what we need to do for our moms, for our dads, but particularly our moms because of the greater sacrifice, I believe, that they made in those early years. Let's look at some scriptures really quickly and we'll close with this. Look at Matthew chapter 15. Woe to the, the son or daughter who would do this. And I think there's a special place that uh, is for these people who would do this to their mom or their dad. Matthew chapter 15, verses three through six. And Jesus answered and said to them, why do yourselves transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, honor your father and mother, and he who speaks evil of father or mother is to be put to death. But you say, whoever says to his father or mother, whatever I uh, whatever I have that would help you, I've given to God. So therefore, I'm holy. I just added that in there. I'm so holy, I'm giving all my stuff to God. Brethren, if you really want to be holy, if you really want to be one who is following according to the love of God, you're going to provide for your mom and dad in their old age. Now take a look at this last one and then we'll close with, with this last one. In 1 Timothy chapter 5. 1 Timothy chapter 5. And look at verse 8. This is the context of taking care of uh, a woman whose husband has died, the children have the responsibility to take care of her. And if there are no children, then the church has the responsibility to take care of her. But in verse 8 it says, But if anyone does not provide for his own, especially for those of his household, in context of uh, a woman who's been a mother, whose husband has died, who has remaining children, but if anyone does not provide for his own, especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. You're worse than a non-Christian. That's why I believe that there's a special place in the lake of fire for people who do not love their parents and honor them 
in their old age. Well, they were awesome. They were, I mean, they were awful. They were terrible. You really need to rethink that. You need to think the way God thinks. Mother's Day is supposed to be filled with flowers and candies and everything. And I believe that's true, man. I don't think it's a hallmark holiday. I think it should be every day should be Mom's Day. And we should appreciate her every day. Can I get an amen on that one? Amen. That was pretty weak sauce, but I'll take it. <laughs> we need to recognize and understand that they've sacrificed so much, it should be nothing for us to appreciate. And brethren, as I said before, if you grew up in a home where mom wasn't there and it just there's there's nothing there in regard to a relationship, you choose to be that kind of mom. You choose to be that kind of mom. You find the scriptural standard. You live that standard. You draw near to older women who are godly and faithful and you listen to them. And you let them help you grow in an understanding of God's word. And you be that woman. And for those who may not be moms, I know there are ladies here who are moms to my sons. Jamie is a mom to my sons. She loves them like a mom, don't you? She does, doesn't she? When we went to Belarus, and I got all these kids running around, and they're teenagers. I'm not saying nothing bad about teenagers. I'm just saying they're running around. If there was any ill will by any Belarusian, they were in big trouble. Now, there was a, a, a young lady, a very short young lady, and we were on a, a metro stop underneath the metro. And there's a lot of guys that are running around in the metro, Belarusian guys, and they tried to grab Sophie. And it didn't work, did it? We just went... Grrr! I hit that guy in the arm as he was trying to grab for her and Jamie comes right alongside and it ain't going to work. But it was like, thanks mom for helping me out. You see, even if you're not a biological mom, you can still be a mom. You can still be that great example of a woman who puts Christ first. Brethren, in every way, a woman has a powerful, powerful mission in this life to raise up a godly offspring. So please know that, ladies. I so appreciate the ladies in this congregation, the amazing ladies in this congregation who are great moms, who are raising up a godly offspring. Brethren, let's continue to love as Jesus loved, even in the family relationship. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, so much for the amazing day that's been set aside to recognize moms, I just pray that we'd realize just like every day is a day to rejoice in the Lord, every day is to worship the Lord, every day is to appreciate mom, every day is a day to love mom, every day is a day to honor her by valuing her, every day is a day that we can think about what uh, she has been for us. And Father, I know that there in this culture, sometimes moms are absent, absolutely absent. I know some here have had moms that were absent, and yet that doesn't mean that they can't take up that mantle of amazing, powerful leadership and show forth to the world what a great mom is supposed to be. 
Father, I pray that you would help us to realize that so the world could see what the truth is about the church. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Let's all stand and get ready to say, what did Jesus say to do? He said to go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings. King of kings. All right. Let's get excited like this little guy. Woohoo! All right, thank you very much. Have a great Mother's Day, everybody. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.